Good evening and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an Everton Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and follow our podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, be sure to follow and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, and the Megaphone app. Subscribing is free and keeps you up to date on the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis. On tonight's episode, we're going to be continuing our stories from the game-worn collecting world, this one with a Pens collector who lives in Pennsylvania. Tonight, we have Jeff Laskowski from the Pennsylvania-Pittsburgh area. I believe you are a Pens collector. Is that right, Jeff? Absolutely. Bleed, uh, bleed black and gold. Die hard. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, I'm from Baltimore, so obviously Pittsburgh sports for me is a complicated feeling. But <laughs> <laughs> here on the podcast, we do not judge too much for the most part. Well, that's that. That's a good thing. Uh, you know, they, Pittsburgh and Baltimore have had a long and storied sports history, and even though they've been rivals on the football field, and and years ago, and I don't know if you're old enough to remember the the uh, battles on the baseball diamond or not, uh, but within within the realm of hockey, uh, Pittsburgh and Baltimore have been uh, tied together pretty pretty closely dating back to when the were the Baltimore Skipjacks were a uh, were the uh, primary farm team in the Penguins organization. I think one of the Hanson brothers was on one of the Penguins Skipjacks teams, although I can't be sure. I know that one of them did play in Baltimore, but obviously that that farm team changed hands like three or four times I want to say. Mhm. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah they did. Last, last I heard, they were with the uh, they were with the Capitals, I believe. And I'm I'm still looking for that for the all elusive uh, Baltimore Skipjacks black and gold gamer from back in the day. Yeah, I only have seen a couple of photos from you know just generic stuff. But uh, obviously, for folks who aren't familiar, Baltimore hockey has a very curious history. We have a couple of minor league teams and things like that. But uh, of course. Game ones are always interesting to find from Baltimore because there aren't as many as uh, people might expect. But that's actually a great segue to get into our stories from the game one collecting world. We have a few questions that, for folks who haven't been listening, we ask around three, and then occasionally a little bit of branching off conversation from that. But Jeff, uh, for our first question, tell us what your most memorable jersey find is. Well, I've been collecting jerseys uh, for the better part of 30 years. Now, don't let that misleads you into thinking that I have oodles and oodles of jerseys. I typically look for the jerseys that, that are really hard to find that whenever you'll wear them to a, to a, a hockey game, not everybody in the, in the arena uh, has a Jersey like that. And one thing that I found, it actually goes back. Oh, we're probably going back about 20 years now uh, to the mid nineties. Uh, I was on a, I was on a search all over the place and this is, and you can imagine how hard this was because back then this was just when the internet was becoming a thing. Uh, so it's not like you had Jersey forums and Jersey groups on Facebook and podcasts and anything like that, that, that you could educate yourself on. Uh, but not too long prior to, I had learned the difference between a replica and an authentic on ice Jersey. And I just had to have one of the, authentic on ice jerseys from the, uh, from the penguins dating back to the 91 or 92 Stanley cup runs. Uh, what I ended up finding, uh, and as I looked all over the internet and made contact with a whole bunch of people, 
uh, I actually found a guy who ran the pro shop at the uh, it, it, what was known as the then it's as the Isoplex at South Point. It was the Pittsburgh Penguins' owned practice facility uh, about 20 miles south of Pittsburgh, which just happened to be about a three-minute drive from my house. Uh, I had been there a number of times, and I had talked to a whole bunch of people, uh, you know, there as well as online. But uh, it turned out that after about a year and a half's worth of searching, I was actually able to find a Ron Francis team-issued white Penguins home jersey uh, that was customized as a Stanley Cup Finals jersey with the old blue and orange uh, Stanley Cup Final patches. Uh, This would have been from the 92 season, so one shoulder yoke had the the Badger Bob Johnson memorial patch on it, and the other one had the uh, Penguins 25th anniversary patch. Uh, so it was that elusive three-patch gamer, or I'm sorry, jersey that everybody was looking for. Mine was actually team-issued, and it was used uh, by Ron Francis at post-Stanley Cup uh, uh, autograph signings. Uh, uh, so I was able to add that to my collection. I paid an exorbitant amount of money for it, which is something that I typically uh, don't do. And, and, and if we get into my collection, you'll see that I... I have become the master of kind of collecting on a budget, but for back in 1994 money, that was, uh, you know, it was a pretty, pretty uh, hefty price uh, that I paid on that. But I would have to say that that one uh, above all else, and I have a few nice ones, but that one's going to be the the prize of my collection, if you will. And how do they typically sell it? Were there like equipment sales throughout the years? Because I think obviously the, the game one hobby was probably a little bit different. I certainly wasn't. <laughs> I was way too young to be collecting at that time. But I know plenty of folks were already, I think around the 80s, starting to get into it a little more seriously. Well, back in the 90s uh, and, and going back into the 80s, I've come to find out, uh, Pittsburgh Penguins uh, game worn stuff has been really... Uh, let's just say it's been hit and miss. Uh, Pittsburgh had an equipment manager at the time uh, who was really good about having jerseys customized and sold with a wink and a, in a, in a nod and a hush-hush out of the back door of the old Pittsburgh Civic Arena. Uh, so tracking Penguins game-worn jerseys as opposed to authentic jerseys that were, uh, you know, had pucks thrown at it or sticks swung at it to make it look like a game worn Jersey have been, have been pretty, uh, you know, it's, it, it, it definitely takes an eye. Uh, and I've definitely, uh, made acquaintances and have fostered relationships with the, uh, with some of the more preeminent folks in the local game worn community. Uh, you know, guys who, who are known as the leading authenticators of penguins memorabilia. Uh, but also back then, uh, I, I had mentioned that I lived about three minutes from the Penguin South Point facility. Uh, also back then, their customizer, and you may remember this from their late 80s and early 90s uh, game-worn jerseys, they had, a little, uh, they had a little word mark on the rear hem of the jersey that uh, was from Century Sports. Century Sports is a local sports shop, which I've since moved from 1994 uh, not too very, not too very far though, uh, and I'm literally a mile and a half from Century Sports. Uh, they were the team's customizer, though they didn't really customize the jerseys. What they did is they did 
they customized uh, the Penguins jerseys from back when they were uh, they used those rubberized heat seal type letters. But in 88-89 for their last set of jerseys that year, uh, they moved over to Tackle Twill. Uh, you know, multi-layer tackle twill that they actually subcontracted, I should say, out to a local steamstress, a local embroidery shop, uh, who turned out to be about the sweetest little old lady you're ever going to meet who worked out of a converted garage at her home uh, in what is known little bitty town called Avella, Pennsylvania, which is almost into West Virginia. If you come out uh, Route 50 heading west out of Allegheny County, um, and I fostered a relationship with her, and she was able to verify. Speaking about that Francis jersey, she was able to verify that that was indeed one of hers because back then, you know, they didn't have the laser cut uh, letters, or they did. You know, everything you couldn't buy authentic kits back in the day. Uh, every single uh, letter, every single number was cut out. Uh, by stencils, but cut out by hand. So you'll notice a whole lot of, of irregularities on a lot of the hockey jerseys from back then. Things just don't line up right. Maybe the, the corners on a particular letter or number aren't quite 90 degrees, uh, but, it, but it really lends a lot of character to those jerseys of that era. Yeah, I think these days most people are used to, let's just say, more TV-friendly perfection, but I always think it's kind of fun to find stuff that's maybe a little more obscure or small imperfections so that you can well in some cases those imperfections are large enough that it's easier for photo matching since um, for folks who aren't familiar a lot of photo matching that that we do with jerseys especially from earlier eras you have to find and dig through physical photo albums just because digitalized versions of those photos don't really exist so if you have something that's really quirky about a jersey at least it does help in possibly getting a better match than some of the more typical routes because it, it sounds like as you've described the, the penguins and and some similar nhl organizations and even junior hockey stuff we know some of them were a little bit mm, sketchy about how they handled what what they might consider game worn jerseys and whatnot absolutely with the uh with the COVID 19 pandemic that we have uh going on right now uh, you know, of course, everybody's tied up in their house and the NHL network uh, one day earlier this week had Penguins Day on their broadcast. So I was able to go back and look at, you know, the Penguins 91 and 92 uh, cup clinching games. And one thing that jumped out at me, because it had been years since I watched either one of those games, uh, what really jumped out at me was all of the variances that you'll see between jerseys actually on the ice. Now, you know, of course, high definition would have made it, you know, that we didn't have back then uh, would have made it that much more noticeable. But even just watching the the broadcasts in the old, you know, for what's known as 480p standard definition stuff of the day, uh, you could notice how the spacing between letters or the spacing between the, the verso numbers and the name bar on a jersey are were so inconsistent. And that is a function of, uh, you know, the jerseys literally every letter being hand cut and everything being hand sewn to a jersey. Uh, you know, it, it was, you know, I'm sure a sewing machine was used, but, uh, you know, as far as the cutting of the uh, of the letters and the numbers and the placements and everything like that, that was just all done by hand and it was done to the human eye. So if you had someone who was traded to the team, 
uh, after a particular set was done. Like I, I, I know with, with Pittsburgh, uh, it was a case where you would see some pretty good consistency from set to set, uh, you know, between all that spacing stuff that I was talking about, you know, over, over that the span of that set. But if you have a guy like Rick Tockett, who came to the Penguins at the trading deadline, and so his jersey wasn't part of the set, uh, that would have been made, say, their second set that they began wearing in January. You're going to notice a lot of differences. Uh, you, you know, the uh, the name bar is placed um, higher, or the letters are, or I'm sorry, or the or the verso numbers are lower, one of the two. But there's definitely a lot more space between the nameplate and the uh, and the back numbers on his jerseys, as well as Sean McEachern's from that year, than you'd see on the rest of the. Uh, that, that later set of jerseys that the Penguins wore. And, and speaking of kind of the human aspect of things, one of our questions that's kind of related and sort of a nice segue, at least as far as fostering connections and things, we always like to ask folks if they've ever maybe met a player and exchanged jerseys or even donated a jersey, or if not having had that experience, met a pro player uh, wearing that jersey, because sometimes this occasionally leads to friendships and whatnot. Have you ever had one of those experiences before? I, I, I haven't had the experience where I got a player's jersey back to him. Um, I look forward to being able to do that one day. Uh, though, with that being said, I've had a, I've had a couple of uh, connections with players, uh, the first of which, uh, I, a little bit of backstory. My daughter, I have a daughter who's 20 years old. And her and I, especially years ago, because it was so convenient, because we were so closely located to the South Point training facility that the Penguins had, uh, every year since she was like six, we've gone to Penguins training camp. And, of course, she always liked to go out and get her autographs from the players afterward. And we still do that to this day, although she's not so much into the autographs and she just likes to get her pictures taken with the players. Uh, so... Uh, this past year uh, at training camp, uh, we were standing outside and lo and behold, uh, Chris Latang stopped his vehicle and was signing autographs for the, uh, you know, for the fans who were, who were outside and lined up waiting for autographs to, you know, to get their hats or posters or whatever the case may be signed. Um, I just so happened to be wearing uh, the jersey. It was actually his jersey. If you go back to 2017, when the Penguins had their stadium series game at Heinz Field against Philadelphia, uh, Latang had been injured. Uh, he had a neck injury that ultimately ended up requiring surgery, and that's why he was out for the entire playoff run in 2017. But the Penguins had a, they had three of those gold with the, uh, they, they were gold jerseys with the black on white letters that were, we're kind of mimicking uh, the, the the logo of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, really neat, really detailed jerseys. Well, they had three of them made up for him for the first, second, and third periods of the outdoor stadium series game. And they had a fourth jersey like that that was made up that would have been used in uh, two different home games, one against Philadelphia and one against Carolina later that year. Um, it turned out <clears throat> that... Latang's jerseys are are customized pretty significantly. His sleeves are shortened. He also takes the tail off of the bottom of the jersey. So the bottom of the jersey is is kind of flat 
uh, you know, the, the, the silhouette of it is flat, more like the old CCM 6100 series jerseys from back in the day. Um, so I was wearing this jersey and he was signing autographs out the window of his car and he looked at my jersey and he asked me where I got that one. Uh, and, and I told him where I got it. And he asked if that was one of his. And I said, well, it wasn't one of yours, but it would have been had you not been, uh, had you not been, uh, you know, injured and had to miss, uh, you know, the pretty much the entire second half of that season. Uh, another uh, instance that I ran into uh, where we kind of interfaced with some players was back. Uh, also, it was a matter of fact, it was same training camp. It was last year. Uh, my daughter was wearing uh, a 1990 not a game-worn jersey, but an authentic Mario Lemieux All-Star jersey uh, from 1990. So it had the uh, Pittsburgh All-Star patch on the one shoulder. Um, it was it was the one that where Mario kind of came into his own and he scored four goals in the national televised or nationally televised All-Star game uh, and won the car for the MVP and all that good stuff. So when we went to practice, uh, pretty much the entire Penguins broadcast team, including uh, uh, their former left winger. Uh, Bob Airy, who had been a line mate of Lemieux uh, at times throughout his career. Uh, he was there and he had made some comments about the jersey my daughter was wearing. And that turned into a 10 or 15 minute conversation with pretty much the entire Penguins TV broadcast staff just uh, about jerseys. It was really, really neat. Uh, and Airy was kind enough to take some time and tell some stories about some of uh, you know, some, some of, of the plays that he and Lemieux would have been involved in back in that year when Lemieux would have been wearing that Jersey. So it was, it was just really neat. And, uh, I look forward to, to doing that again. Uh, recently I've picked up, uh, Kevin Stevens, uh, Olympic Jersey from the, uh, not from the 88 Olympics, but from the, uh, pre-Olympic tournament, uh, from the 88 Olympics or before the 88 Olympics, uh, same Jersey that they wore in the, in the Olympics themselves. Uh, the only difference is that it has a, a sponsor patch from, from Dodge, uh, on the, on the breast of the Jersey. Uh, but I've got his gamer that he wore in by roughly half of the 44 pre tournament games that year. Kevin Stevenson's always, always makes himself available at, at Penguins training camp. So I'm, I'm very curious to see what kind of reaction I get if, if the time comes that he sees me wearing that jersey next year. It's funny. I've not really had anything like that just because I think the closest experience I had was I was at one of those game-worn ex expos. I think it was the Migre Expo, and Adam Oates was uh, – I think he was the guest speaker. And I don't know. I had pulled out some junker replica jersey that was a Jets jersey. Um one of my favorite players at the time, Jacob Truba, of course, that that aged super well now that he's in New York with another franchise that I, I love to watch. Um, but, you know, obviously, Oates kind of walked by and he was like, oh, yeah, I love that jersey. And I didn't realize or understand why. And I forgot that it turns out he actually trains Mark Shifley, uh, you know, during the offseason and is like one of his personal advisors and coaches. And, you know, there's like tons and tons of jerseys in the room but it's kind of funny that of all things a jets jersey is the one that sticks out to adam it's like you know he, obviously all the caps connections and stuff um a couple of other teams i'd imagine were probably yeah, there caps, Bruins, blues yeah he was he was uh, uh he he was a star in the league for a long time back in the late 80s and early 90s absolutely yeah i think they had some somebody had his, a couple of his bruins jerseys i think he brought some of his own stuff too because a couple of those guys will collect their own jerseys but it's always kind of funny 
it's always like a, a random connection sometimes that you aren't even considering in how they, I guess, their careers have panned out. I'm sure a lot of those uh, former players and coaches, even though they're not, not really actively employed, are probably doing advising and coaching for some of the uh, current NHLers and stuff. But I'd, I'd definitely find it really cool if I could one day go to a game wearing, I'm always funny about wearing game wards and stuff, but it'd be neat to wear a jersey of somebody who's on the ice and then maybe talk to them afterwards. I think people say um, Minnesota's Jordan Greenway is if, if you have his jersey on or something and he sees you, he always makes an effort to like stop over, it, you know, whether he's kind of, you know, heading out during one of the tunnel sequences or whatever, always tries to say hi or something. A lot of guys will ignore you, but I think Jordan, they said, is always somebody who kind of goes out of his way. And I always appreciate that because, you know, ultimately the, the fan involvement and connections are, at least for me, one of the biggest draws of doing this hobby at all. I mean, for us, it's a lot of cool shirts and history, but ultimately it's the uh, the friends that you make along the way, as they say. Absolutely. A- absolutely. There's no doubt about that. I, I found that over the years, uh, because I've run into and, and have done some events uh, with some folks in the Pittsburgh Steelers organization, uh, and I've also run into some uh, some Pirates baseball players as well. I, at least by my anecdotal personal experience, I can tell you that by far, uh, hockey players are the most down-to-earth and the most fan-friendly professional athletes, at least in the in the quote-unquote major sports that that you're ever going to see. Uh, and I'm talking anybody from a from a minor league guy to a you know to a star. Uh, I remember, I, again, just a story along those lines. You remember, uh, you, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with Mike Lang, who is the uh, longtime 45-year uh, Penguins broadcaster, uh, comes up with all the catchphrases, and, and he's, he really is nationally. Uh, he's, he's, he's a treasure in the hockey community, but especially here in Pittsburgh. Uh, back in, and I can't remember the year, uh, but I actually still have the ticket stub uh, in a frame down in my game room. And it's it's right after he was inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame, they had a big celebration. Uh, although in typical Mike Lang style, he, he's not the kind of guy who would want to call a whole bunch of attention to himself and celebrate himself. So instead, what they did for this, uh, this Hall of Fame induction celebration, uh, what they did is they, they roasted him. Uh, just kind of like you would see the old Dean Martin type roast from back in the day with uh, a bunch of p- local to Pittsburgh sports celebrities there. And of course, again, in typical Mike Lang fashion, this was a, uh, it was a fundraiser for charity. Uh, so my wife for my birthday, she, uh, she got us tickets completely, you know, by surprise, she got us a couple of tickets to this thing. And we went down after work. It was at a, it was at an old dance club down in Pittsburgh that I don't think is there anymore. Uh, but they had a they had a buffet and everything like that for everybody, uh, you know, hors d'oeuvres, you know, before the event got started. So my we were holding a table, or I was holding a table. My wife had had run to get some hors d'oeuvres out of the food line, and she turned around and looked behind her, and just, uh, you know, just like he was an average Joe, Mario Lemieux was standing right there, and he and my wife struck up a little conversation. Now this was this was going back a lot of years, uh, you know, so it was one of those things that you know they struck up a conversation and. Uh, you know, he was, he was a genuinely nice guy. Uh, and, and that's just from my experience, that's par for the course with hockey players. They, they really are so down to earth and so fan friendly. They just look at themselves as regular guys, as opposed to people who should be 
put on a pedestal or idolized like you see in a lot of other sports. I always love that down to earth and approachability. And I think that that uh, in some ways makes hockey jersey collecting a lot more interesting than some of the other ones. You uh, you never really feel like you're too too detached from the players in some in some capacity at least. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. So, Jeff, we've got time for one more question, and I think that this one probably will have a variety of answers. And you may have actually talked about at least one or two of these jerseys before, but what would you consider some of your most special jerseys, and and what makes them special to you in particular? Well, I I could go on, and and I could probably take up two hours <laughs> just just talking about this particular subject. Because if uh, if you look at it, it my website, actually I created a website just for my jerseys. I'm one of the very few collectors that I know that has never sold a jersey. I just go out and I collect what I want to get. And like I said earlier, I I look at the things that aren't are, are, are for the types of jerseys that not everybody would have. Um, one of those jerseys, and 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 I'm going to tie this into the to the to the Winnipeg side of uh, of, of this podcast. I'd mentioned earlier I have a daughter who's 20 years old. Uh, she's actually going to be 21 here in a little bit, so she was born in 1999. Uh, just to give you an idea on age, so let's go to the 2001 series or season. And you may remember uh, that Pittsburgh was in a goaltending crisis, and they ended up signing a little known minor league goalie uh, who had played for the Manitoba Moose by the name of Johan Hedberg. And he came here, he came to Pittsburgh They, uh, whenever they traded for him, uh, as opposed to reporting to the Penguins minor league affiliate, um, he reported straight to Pittsburgh. Uh, well, Pittsburgh was on the road at the time, uh, so he didn't have a chance to get a new helmet before he was thrust into a playoff game. Or I'm sorry, into a it was, at the time it was late regular season it was right after a trade deadline, uh, so here he was in in you know wearing typical Pittsburgh black and white and gold, uh, and but he had a really bright blue mask with a moose head, the Manitoba Moose logo, on both sides of it. Uh, now this was right about the time that my daughter was fine was first starting to learn about hockey. Um, and back then we'd watch all the games on TV and, and every time Hedberg would make a save for Pittsburgh, uh, because I think he won, you know, nine of his 11 regular season games before the playoffs. I mean, he just, he, he just hit a really, really good hot streak, uh, after coming aboard. Well, the, the entire arena in Pittsburgh, every time they, every time he'd make a stop, they would scream the word moose. And that's how he got his nickname. Um, I had always been looking for a Manitoba Moose Johan Hedberg jersey. Well, good luck, right? I had looked for one of these things for, for 10 years. Finally, and, and this kind of speaks to the, uh, this kind of speaks a little bit towards the sense of community within jersey collectors. Uh, I was able uh, to, to connect with a guy online who had a Manitoba Moose jersey. Uh, it was a blank jersey, uh, but he had a Manitoba Moose uh, authentic jersey uh, from that era. Uh, and and I told him what I wanted to do with it. Well, he was local to Winnipeg. And what he was able to do is he said, okay, buy the jersey from me. I had never met this man. He lives in Winnipeg. I live in Pittsburgh. But, you know, just after building a relationship and a rapport with some people, 
online in the in in the forums you kind of get to you kind of get a pretty good idea as to who the who the good characters are and and maybe who some of the unsavory ones are as well uh but i knew this i knew this guy a little bit to to be a to be a good guy uh and what he offered to do for me i I still couldn't i still can't believe it to this day um he took that jersey uh and he took it up to the winnipeg arena where i believe the manitoba moose also play and and correct me if i'm wrong there uh but what he did is they do okay so he, Mm -hmm. he took it to the arena uh, he had tickets to a to a Jets game. Uh, took it to the to the arena and dropped it off. And the customizer there at the at the arena, who does the customization work for the team as well, was able to customize this thing as a Johan Hedberg jersey using the lettering kits or, or using the stencils. You know, in other words, so it would match the jersey from that era. Uh, and it took a little bit, took him about a month to do the customization. And then when he went back to another Jets game, he picked it up and then he sent it to me from Winnipeg. Uh, so I, it's, it's funny. I, my daughter's first hockey memory is when she would hear the Penguins fans in the crowd chanting moose. And as kids who were just coming up on two years old would do, you know, she would do the, you know, the moose, you know, with the, with the lispy little S at the end of it. Uh, that's her first hockey memory. And now as part of the collection and my whole collection will ultimately end up going to her at some point once I'm way too old for this stuff. Uh, but uh, she she now has an authentic Johan Hedberg Manitoba Moose jersey uh, from, from back in, like I said, back in the day whenever she was just a little one. Uh, you know, so that's something that, uh, you know, if the, if, if the time would ever, if the opportunity would ever present itself, uh, we'd love to get that signed, you know, or, and, and maybe even, uh, you know, I get a signature on it or maybe even inscribed to Callie, that's her name. Uh, and, and it's just something that, that we're going to remember as being special for a really, really long time. But again, with all the, with all the little quirks and idiosyncrasies of, of hockey jerseys, I, I'm of the belief that every jersey, whether it's a sentimental jer- or a sentimental story or, or an actual on-ice story, something that speaks to the player, I believe every jersey, uh, you know, has its own story, and I and and that's what makes this hobby so intriguing to me. And I and I go into a lot, a lot of the details on all my jerseys on on my website. Wow, those were really awesome answers. And actually, it kind of gets us into our next part right before we hop off. You know, you talked about your website and whatnot. Did you have, did you want to plug this, like uh, kind of tell people about it and, and kind of what they might expect to find there if they hop on? Well, sure, sure. And I appreciate the opportunity. It, it's, uh, like I said earlier, I am one of the only collectors that I know that has never sold a jersey. You see a lot of people trading jerseys and, you know, trying to upgrade things and that that sort of thing. I've, I've any jersey that I've ever bought, including my first one from back in my college days, I still have, uh, I, I still have uh, here in, in my home, in my collection. Um, there are, there are different forms, uh, especially one that's called let's go pens.com. It's a, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's more of a, a discussion forum, but a lot of people would ask questions about jerseys. Uh, and, and some folks, after some having conversations out there, uh, we had we had spoken about, you know, hockey jerseys and what's legit and what's not and all that sort of thing. 
and, and a number of folks had asked me to kind of put together a website, you know, showing what I had, showing examples of, of what was legit and what wasn't and, and that sort of thing. Uh, so about three years ago, I just created my own little personal website and you can't buy anything off of it, but I, I did it more for, um, you know, just the, you know, the, 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 the passion and to speak to the details of, of what you'll see in jerseys. Uh, my website, it's, it's actually a free website. Cause again, I don't, I don't <laughs> take any trade or, or sell anything on it, but it's, uh, it's Jeff Shelley and that's my wife and I, uh, so that it's spelled J E F F S is in Sam H L Y, uh, dot Weebly dot com. Um, and that's going to be my own little, little corner of the interwebs. And, and it, I, I have all my jerseys listed there as well as the stories behind each and every one of them. So everything from, you know, this was a replica Jersey that I bought back in the day to this is the story of why this game worn Jersey is such a big deal to me. Uh, it goes into the story about the first Jersey that I ever bought was a, was a John Cullen replica Penguins Jersey. And I actually uh, ended up getting the gamer that he was wearing at the time that I bought my first replica jersey back in college. So a lot of neat stories and a lot of uh, detailed pictures, that sort of thing, uh, that that speak to you know the, the the way Penguins jerseys have evolved over the years, that sort of thing. We always do appreciate a catalog of history, which is what a lot of these websites end up being. Yeah, they definitely do. They definitely do. I, you know, personally, from a collecting standpoint, uh, I think I'd mentioned before, I, I am the guy who has always been the person who is collected on a budget. Uh, because if I didn't collect on that budget, I, I'd be really, really poor. <laughs> and I, I don't want to be, especially, uh, you know, you can't live in your hockey jerseys, right? You need a roof, you need food, all that good stuff. But, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot, lot of, uh, when you talk about all the different websites that are out there, there's a lot of people that, uh, you know, spend a lot of money and, and make a lot of money on, on jerseys. And I've, I've never wanted to do it that way. Uh, you know, my collection is just kind of what, what, you know, what I wanted to collect and, and it's just been, you know, what I've been passionate about. So I, I, I had the, uh, you know, my, my, to that end, my website's going to be a little different than, uh, a lot of the ones you'll see out there. Uh, and it's, it's, it's nothing super fancy, but if, if, you know, while you're locked up on quarantine, feel free to go, uh, if you have some time, feel free to go out on a website and, uh, shoot me a note, uh, through the website and, you know, just, just love to, uh, love to engage in the conversations that, that are started by, by people seeing some pictures of some of these old jerseys. Thank you so much, Jeff, for hopping on. We really appreciate it. I think my family totally agrees with you on the budget thing. Otherwise, I'd get put out of the house. But <laughs> <laughs> You and me both. You and me both. <laughs> Thanks so much for hanging out with us, Jeff. Hey, appreciate you having me, Harrison. Take care. Hey, everyone. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. These interviews are a ton of fun for me, so I hope you guys enjoy them as much as I enjoy making them. If you have any questions or thoughts, be sure to hit me up at HLLivingLoco and hit up the podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Before you log off for tonight, be sure to check out our Locked On NHL National Podcast. Thanks again so much. See you tomorrow night, and go Jets go!